The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Baseball season is right around the corner in the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast and SeatGeek are on a 30-day tour with fans from around the major leagues. Listen in as we talk about where to get a bite or a beverage pre- and post-game. Best place to sit at every ballpark for favorite food, favorite players, and favorite moments from all 30 stadiums around the big leagues. It's the 1420 Fan Experience Ballpark Tour brought to you by SeatGeek. Let's get it. 1420 Major League Baseball Fan Brought to you by SeatGeek, uh, SeatGeek.com, the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD and save yourself 20 bucks at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app today. Uh, heading back to Midwest now after two consecutive stops in the National League East with stops. We're on uh, number five, I think we are here in our, our grand tour. Today we're going to get the lowdown on Guaranteed Rate Field, the home of the Chicago White Sox from assistant baseball coach the Harper Hawks. Friend of the show, Adam Kowalski. How are you doing today, Adam? Doing great. Enjoying the day off we have from uh, practicing all this stuff, getting ready for the season. We're ready to go. Talk some baseball here. Talk a little Chicago White Sox. I've actually got the White Sox uh, San Diego Padres game on the TV here. Little preseason baseball all got going today. So it's been a it's been a great day down here at the 1420 World Headquarters in the Yankee Tavern North. Uh, Chicago White Sox been around for 122 year. Adam, uh, not the uh, the the I wouldn't say the best record overall. Three World Series championships overall, I believe. Uh, they moved into the guaranteed rate field. I think it's 19. I want to say 91 when when that uh, the the old Comiskey became new. Comiskey uh am I uh what's the uh actually let's talk about that like, around the field is, is the old uh Comiskey isn't the home plate still out out uh, be, beyond the the beyond beyond the outfield walls yep so actually it's right in the middle of parking lot actually on my um Instagram I do have a picture of the original home plate area yeah. with the bears box and all that stuff so yeah it's some of it still kind of stands around but they basically just kind of flipped her 90 degrees and called her a day. And that's in there. It is the uh, the the Chicago White Sox have a, a huge history, one of the oldest teams in baseball, obviously, and then a lot going on there. The South Side of Chicago. Uh, I've been to Chicago, but only to Wrigley the year after that they that the Cubs won the World Series. I have not yet been to Guaranteed Rate or U.S. Cellular, whatever they call it. This week it, it changes. All these parks change names so often, but I haven't been there. What's the uh, what's the neighborhood like where the uh, Chicago White Sox call home? So it's very much a blue collar neighborhood. Um, I mean, obviously you go to the North side, you've got a lot of guys who can go off work, take work off, you know, you got rooftops, you know, seats and all that fun stuff. South side, very blue collar, you know, nine to five jobs, hardworking people. Um, But it's, it's, it's a great atmosphere to be a part of, especially for the younger fans. I remember growing up going to then Comiskey park or the new Comiskey park. Yeah. And you got amenities like um, kind of the kids zone. They have batting cages there. They had kind of like a first home, the first uh, timing against your favorite players type of thing. Um, They have, you know, all that that fun little stuff. They call them fundamentals. And it's a good way to get the uh, younger generation of ball players engaged at the, at the field. But um, I, I I was six years old when I first went to a White Sox game and been in love with the White Sox ever since. 
The uh, now that you're a little bit older, and you're, you're uh, of age to go and have a, a pregame beverage or something here and there. I, I know tailgating is probably a big thing with, with with a lot of those places that have parking lots. Some places only have parking lots there. They're in the center of a city. Uh, where's a place to go for a, a an adult beverage per se prior to a White Sox game? Where's the go-to place? It's either the Cork and Carry, which is right by the stadium. Um, it's their second location. Um, it's funny enough, they said that if they ever build a third, which will be a cold day in hell over on the north side, but um, Fort can carry is a good spot for both pre and post game. Um, pre game, tailgating, tailgating is where it's at. Well, it's, it saves yourself a, a hundred bucks probably because you, you can buy a box of Bud Light or Canadian or whatever you want to buy for, for 20 bucks compared to paying uh, two beer for 20 bucks, right? It's one of those things. Like that's the one thing about Yankee saying that I don't like is there, there's no parking lots around anywhere. And so you're, you're almost, well, you're, if you're a drinker, I guess you're not forced to, but you, if you want to go have a, a beer wherever it's, it's 20 bucks uh, for, for a couple of drinks. Whereas if you tailgate, uh, what's the, uh, the food of choice at the tailgate? What's everybody cooking? Ooh, you got bratwurst, you got hot dogs, you got burgers. Um, some people, uh, there's a lot of like Hispanic culture in that side of town. So, you know, they'll bring it in like, you know, they'll, it's a big, it's a big party down there. Um, Italian beef is a big thing too. Um, but yeah, just really whatever you can bring and just have a good time. No, I, the tailgate, that's one thing, like I said, I, I, I love it. Like, I go to USC games once a year, and you, that, that's almost better than the, the game itself a lot of times when you're walking around having some beers, having having people invite you in. People Are are people pretty, uh, like, for newcomers when they're coming around? I'm not saying, like, if a Yankee fan showed up wearing wearing his garb, they, they'd be welcoming, but if a person's just wearing a T-shirt and a pair of shorts and, and just some random hat, are, are the, the fans at, at uh, White Sox game, are they pretty welcoming to invite to, uh, outsiders into their tailgate? Absolutely. Absolutely. One one of the it, it, like it's it's always a good time whenever you're on the south side for a White Sox game. No, that's great. I, I think it's great. You get inside the building. What's the uh, what's the food of choice inside at uh, U.S. or a guaranteed rate field? What's uh like when you before you sit down? Like what do you like? What gate you go through? And what's what's your what's your go to? What are you getting? I usually get a Chicago dog, um, some mustard, relish, pit, uh, pickle spear. Onions, salt and pepper. I'm getting hungry all of a sudden. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, surprisingly, the really big thing they got there—they uh, call it the Buenos Nachos—and they come in like those old, those like little plastic uh, helmets that uh, they used yeah, to yeah. in the 1980s. Yep. Uh, th- those are those are pretty popular too. The, uh, the the nacho thing is fun to do, and it's like uh, you get a lot of ice cream, uh, like the, 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 the smaller helmets and that. That's all fine and dandy if you clean it before you put it in your purse or your bag to take it home. Because I, like I was saying off air, that my, my wife, she tends to um, hoard things and take things, and then she's surprised when there's a mess in the bottom of her bag because of the nachos or whatever it's going to be. But, yeah, no, going into a ballpark and getting the food, it's, uh, it's, it's almost better than the game because games, games are games most, most times. Uh, inside the ballpark, what do you got going on uh, that, that's that's uh, every every ball? Like, if you're just a, a, a baseball dork like myself and you, you go around uh, guaranteed rate field, what's something that's it's a, it's a guaranteed stop? Go in maybe an hour before the, 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 the game starts, before first pitch. What's something that, that uh, a guy like me should go and, go and take a look at? Um, it, it's kind of, it's kind of on a rougher side of town. So you're kind of, you're a bit far away from the center of town. 
So ideally, about an hour out, you want to be heading down the um, the L train. We call it. It's subway, but like you got whole you got whole city. Just a you know subway train away, about a couple bucks. You know it's not too big, but like you've got a whole bunch of stuff you can do in downtown, and then just shell on over to the south side. Just come out and have a good time. Is there a is there a Chicago White Sox Hall of Fame or a museum inside Guaranteed Rate Field? There is a little one, um, but <laughs> I would I would say this like throughout the stadium, both inside and outside the stadium, um, there are commemorative commemorative statues to players, um, managers, um, World Series heroes, including um, I know Brian Anderson, who's now um, there was like Brian Anderson or no, sorry, Jeff Blum. His home run is dedicated outside um, of the stadium. You have Frank Thomas, Carlton Fisk out there. So a lot of historic players enshrined both inside and outside of the park. There's something about two. Like I read something earlier on. It was I can't remember. I even read this. Why I read it, but there's something about there's two blue seats or two different color seats where some home runs landed in the 2005 World Series in that year. That that commemorate is that is that a true story? Because I know like Fenway Park has the one. I think it's a red seat or a green seat. They they have a different color where Ted Williams hit a home run that was 400 and whatever feet. I heard, I read something about in Chicago. They have two two seats or uh, that are a different color for a reason. Yep, so they have Paul Canerco's home run. Um, I believe it was game two of the World Series off of Chad Qualls. Uh, first pitch he saw, just took one deep, um, put the White Sox ahead after mounting a big comeback. I believe it was the sixth or seventh inning. And the other one is uh, Scott Pesednik's walk-off home run, which... He was a good player, eh? He really was. Like he doesn't. I, mean, I don't. Th- I, I think he's like he's not a Hall of Famer by any means, but he was a really good player. Like underrated, if anything. Yeah. Right. He really fit in with that team too, because and you know this is a this is a you know this is what I use all the time. They played Aussie ball. Aussie ball was small ball. It was long ball. It was baseball in its purest form. And they had the you know they didn't have you know a whole bunch of all stars. You know a whole bunch of you know big names to round out their lineup, but instead they had guys that straight up, you know, dominated. Like you we're talking four consecutive complete games in ALCS. What should have been five, but unfortunately uh game one was a bit of a downer. But then you got four complete, you know, you got four consecutive complete games, which I, you won't see again. Ever you won't am. see again which is incredible on its own. If you got two, that would be a surprise. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you might, you, you might get one, but getting four, back. not a chance. You'll never see that again. Oh, absolutely. But then, like, you know, you've got guys like Dustin Hermanson, who was a big piece for a while. You got guys like um, El Duque, Bobby Jenks, who was an electric rookie for us that year, and really shut, you know, it, when when your manager comes out, a signals calling the big guy game over <laughs> yeah it's done <laughs> that, that was one of my favorite moments of the world of that world series was Ozzy Guillen walking out he's like yeah Neil Kachi Dave's Dahmer calling the big guy 
Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like that, that's that eighteen years ago now, seventeen, eighteen year, eighteen seasons ago now. Once this this season gets going, but yeah, it's amazing how you remember those, those uh, stupid little things with the game of baseball and those moments that, that just get. But it's easy to remember things when your team wins. Like you, you remember that stuff. Like that, those are the easy ones. But when your team has a a bit of a drought, and you're like, I don't even remember that it even happened. You're, you that didn't happen. That's not true. It's funny how the game of baseball plays plays itself out that way. It really is, and it's incredible how you know how, how you know even a, even a you know whole bunch of misfits, a whole bunch of guys who were just kind of like, eh, like you're 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 kind of a you know role player, but those role players really did well. You know, back to Scotty Pods, like he's a guy who stole bases, who got on base, who moved runners over, and hit his only home run of that season as a walk off in the World Series. That was his only home run that season. Yeah, no, that's not that's that's those are great. That was a great team. The way it all it, it all it all worked out that year for them. Uh, when you go into a game, uh, like how many games do you get to a year? You, I know you're you're up here in in Canada and Swift Current last year, so you probably didn't get to any games. But it, on a general, like how many games would you get to a year when you were a kid growing up? I tried to go as often as I could, probably about five six games a year. Larger because I was between football, basketball, baseball. So it was like I was very busy year round for the most part. It was just kind of like depending on, uh, you know, family schedules and all that stuff. But like we tried to go as often as we could. But the best part about the White Sox stadium, I mean, White Sox games in general, they're very affordable. And you get you usually get a good product out there. But um it was a rough 2010, so I saw no reason to really go out there that much. But with the way the team has been the last few years, hey, I might as well go to more games when I can. Because yeah, the prices, the prices to, to White Sox games aren't that bad. Like you get compared to going to Wrigley now, because they they finally won a World Series. It's actually insane the the, the, the price comparison and it, park to park. Like I mean, you can get it anywhere if you if you really want to. Like you can get the Yankee Stadium for ten bucks if you want to. But uh, yeah, the the diff, the price difference between uh, the White Sox games to, to to compared to Cubs games, it's it's night and day. Well, and especially consider you know the team up north, they. Um... Their 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 stadium's considered a historical landmark. You know they can really pull that kind of you know card like, hey, you're going to a historical landmark. This is one of the last remaining stadiums with, you know, this is like one of the re- last remaining like yeah. relics of old time baseball. And they did a good job with remodeling or trying to get you know get things updated to you know today's game, which is you know a testament to what they've been able to do, but also in really what they were able to do. They're able to spend money that they could. They got a team that won it. They got a team that, you know, really did well for quite a few years when the White Sox weren't doing that well. Like, like what, like we spoke before, like it was just like one of those things, like I couldn't go against them because it's Chicago baseball. It's a good time. No, like I've been rigging that. Like it's like I'm gonna get down, down, down to a White Sox game this year. We have something kind of planned out for later on in in this in the spring and summer to uh, to to get to a game down there. But uh, where's the the best place for you when you go to a White Sox game over the years? Like when you were growing up, your parents probably had when they took you to a game. They probably had a, a place. Okay, this is where we sit. Uh, it, where's the place for you that that you sit at, at a White Sox game? I like sitting in the outfield. I love sitting in the outfield. Um, there's a spot I usually go to, uh, section 108, um, basically where the super fans go. So like, you've got a whole bunch of diehards, 
people from the actual area, got people from um, all over the suburbs. They all flock towards that area. It's all, it's a good, it's a big party down there, but um, just anywhere in the outfield, I can watch a game. I love watching the game from the outfield. It does seem that like actual baseball people who watch the game sit in the outfield. And I don't know what the, I do too. Like when I go to Yankee games, I sit in the outfield and that's just where I sit. And I, I always point towards that for some, and I don't know what it is. It's just maybe there's, there's, there's a more pure fans where they're to watch the game a little bit. And you can have a, a BS session, session while you're watching the game with people there, where is if you get behind home plate, there's more corporate and more, more, I don't want to say snooty because that sounds shitty on my end, but there's more people who, um, got free tickets and and are, they're going to the game because they they're going to the game that that's just my opinion but that's the way that's the way it feels to me plus there's a good opportunity you're going to free souvenir there you go it never hurts to try to get a baseball there's a, there's a guaranteed thing have you ever got a ball at a game uh i have once um i have once it was on a, it was actually uh i was sitting in the outfield and uh, i'm trying to remember it was the Orioles one time, I think it was, I think it was Adam Jones that uh, tossed one in the outfield and I just happened to catch it, which I mean, it didn't matter who we were playing that day. The fact you get to catch a ball from a major leaguer. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I got one from Carlos Beltran once. Uh, yeah. I was, and I went and I had to give it to the kid right next to me. I was like, oh fuck. I was, I mean, it was five, four, four, five years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. It's, it's something, there's something about a baseball, man. There's something about a baseball. There's no getting around that. Uh, who was your favorite player growing up? Uh, let, let's do that. Who was your favorite player growing up? And then who was your favorite player, player now? But like when you were at that, uh, that age where you're very, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, impressionable, young I guess. Impressionable. Young yeah. and impressionable. Who, who's the guy you go, I like that guy a lot. And there might not be a reason why it might not have been the best player, but who was the guy that you go, I, that, that's my guy. Oh man. So growing up, um, I was a big Frank Thomas fan, a uh, big Paul Canerico fan. Um, though those two, especially Joe Creedy, he was a great guy. Um, those three were really guys. I kind of grew up. AJ Pierzynski, he was a guy I loved. Good player. I appreciate more. <laughs> he's the type of guy you love. He's the type of guy you hate him if you're playing him, and you hate him slightly less if you have him on your team. Yeah. Yeah, he was a bit <laughs> of a mouth. Well, everybody knows about Pierzynski. There's no getting around that, but yeah. So. But, I mean, he, he he fit the White Sox. He fit the White Sox mold. Like, that what he, like, for... His time in the White Sox, he was the team's identity just about. Like, very much smash mouth baseball, you know, wasn't afraid to let you know about it. No, fantastic. Yeah, like, we all, we go to games, like, I go to a few every year in different places here and there, and, and there's something happens every game in a moment that you you go, that was pretty cool. There, There's one that I have that I'll talk about in a later show of mine when I got a, a Yankee guy on here. But uh, there's like, there's always a moment that happens in every game because some, some people might be the only game they ever go to and they remember something, and they or you, you go to a, you go to 10 games a year. What's uh, one of your uh, everlasting memories of going to a game at uh, – at the guaranteed rate field or us or the old commission or the new commission, I guess it guess it is. What's, what's the one that sticks out in your head that and it might, it might've been like an afternoon, a Tuesday afternoon in June. So actually it was this past season. Um, it was, I was, I just so happened to be present at uh Dylan Cease's almost no hitter. He went eight point. He went eight. He went eight and two thirds of no hit ball. Then he gave up a, little dinker over at first baseman's head, uh, Luis Arias, but I mean, 
it was like six strikeouts, two walks. And it was just like one of those things like you don't realize what's happening until you look up at the scoreboard. That's six innings. It's like, huh, that's on. And you don't have a hit yet. Seventh inning, eighth inning. Okay, crowd's kind of swelling up a little bit. I because I I, I got nothing. the I got the MLB app obviously, and so like it, it, the the notification comes up, no hitter alert, no hitter alert, and it's 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 funny because I I think I've only been like into the sixth inning of one before I had a live game, but you got to think that that is got to be going through a pitcher's head when they're they're into the seventh, when into the eighth, and maybe there there might be. 14,000 people in the building and then all of a sudden okay I'm <laughs> I'm in one here and then and then all and then pitchers and players know that the, the technology how that works and like there might be 40,000 people watching on television and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. everybody's watching across the, or, or like every baseball fans watching and they turn the channel like whatever's got to happen that's got to get into a pitcher's head a little bit I I would think oh. Oh, absolutely. Well, and it's crazy too. Little obscure fact: the White Sox, and the White Sox, uh, one of two franchises in the MLB that have the most no hitters and perfect games in MLB history. The the Dodgers is the other team. Because Burley got I, one in in what oh what year was that? Yeah, he, he got he, he got two no hitters. One was a perfect. One's a perfect game, and then and then a couple of years back, who was the cat who got that? Giolito got the one. He had the Giolito, one walk in the. Yeah, he Carlos got the one walk Redon. in the fourth. Yeah, I remember that watching that one. Yeah, that that, that one was that was, was unbelievable. Yeah. And then last year, he's a new addition to the Yankees, Carlos Rodon. Yeah. He or it was a couple of years ago. Um, Carlos Rodon struck. You know, obviously breaks off a slider, just barely nicks the guy's foot. Hey, like I get it. You know, but still completed the no hitter. I mean, yeah, crazy. you guys, you guys picked up, you guys picked up an electric starter. That's I'm a so that's mad. a big acquisition. I'm so yeah. mad that we didn't re-sign him after that. And I don't understand him. why they wouldn't, because like there's money there. Like we, I mean, we talked about it. I've talked with five different people about baseball the last couple of days, and everybody to a man is like, all these teams have enough money to spend, and they just don't. They just don't. They just choose not to. And, and it's like you, I can't remember the guy from. Uh, Milwaukee yesterday and he was talking to me and he like he, every team gets 105 million bucks to start the season from their TV deals the MLB app blah 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 revenue sharing whatever it may be and they just don't spend it like do, do you find that with with the White Sox a lot that they they because it's a big market obviously I mean it's, it's like they're the I don't want to say that they're the, the the little brother of, of of the Cubs but they're a big market and the, the TV deals got to be huge and the team just doesn't doesn't go out and grab guys I mean, they, they, we'll talk about that in a second that they did a little bit this year, but it's got to be frustrating for a, a, a city this size Chicago to not be more um, competitive over the years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like you really want your team to spend on the next free agent. You know, for a while we were talking about May Machado, you know, you pick up Yunder Alonso and you pick up, you know, John Jay. And it's like all of a sudden, oh, we don't get you know Man Machado. Well, what who do we get? Like, what where, where do we go now? Oh, we got Gordon Beckham again. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> but and then we're, or as of recently, like we've had struggles with you know who we're going to put at second base, who we're going to put in right field. You know, um, for what for a while it, it's just. This is kind of you got Lurie Garcia. He's a guy who can definitely play both positions, but he can't play them both 
he plays them both well at an MLB level, but well enough to, you know, stay in the lineup. But I mean, it's just like, we got to find a guy who can actually stay at those positions. That's my honest opinion. Yeah, like over the years, the White Sox have had some great players. There's no like, and just just not enough of them all all at once. Like you got guy, you had guys like Robin Ventura, and you go back Carlton Fisk, like you said earlier on, the Bo Jackson years when he was there. They had some great players over the years, and just haven't been able to 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 do a whole bunch with it. It's it's it. it, it I, I've never understood why the White Sox haven't been able to just be that consistent team over the years. I mean, you let lick the jar a couple of times. Uh, getting close making the playoffs losing out but it, they haven't been and I, I i just don't get it like they, they have enough front end talent but the the back end hasn't been enough enough over the years yeah absolutely but and, and like and like the thing is like i understand first and foremost it's a business it's the reason why mlb made these world changes don't even get me started about those but yeah we won't like, get into those yeah it's, <laughs> it's stupid. you know but you know my feelings about those yeah <laughs> But um, you know, for, first and foremost, it's a business. But I also understand. But I also understand, like you have a fan base that could be so much better. Like you look at what the Mets are doing, right? They have, Oof. you know, they finally they finally have a guy now who is willing to shell over X amount just to get guys like Max Scherzer, get to get you know get got you know resign try to resign guys like Jacob Degrom, try to get guys like you know. Justin Verlander, Pete Alonzo, you know, now we got Francisco Lindor, you know, we're, we're starting to get some of these hot international free, they're starting to get some hot, you know, international free agents, you know, and it's like, okay, where are the White Sox doing? Oh, we signed Andrew Bantani to uh, $75 million, the best, uh, the, the most expensive contract in White Sox history. Yeah, that's great. He's a, he's a, <laughs> I, 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 he's a hall of pretty good. Like he's a good player, not a great player. He's a serviceable player. He's he'll, he'll, he won't hurt your team. He'll help your team a lot, but he's not going to be the guy to, to put you over the hump. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I mean, then again, what says White Sox have done it before with less. So, you know, that's like the one thing where it's kind of like in the back of your mind as fans, like, okay, like, yes, we're not spending money, but also, We've got a new manager now. There's a new, there's new, you know, culture, you know, brewing up in that locker room. You know, unfortunately, we lost essentially. Well, so White Sox kind of had a history of uh, the first baseman being a team captain, almost. Uh-huh. You know how you know Yankees they have you know Derek Jeter and all that. Like White Sox, it's always been the first baseman. Like the first baseman has been a what you know White Sox like true through and true guy. Um, you know, Frank Thomas, longtime first baseman, Paul Canerico, longtime first baseman, uh, Jim Tomey, you know, lovable guy, great guy, like is the perfect embodiment of a professional athlete. Like his, his reputation precedes him as far as being a very nice guy. Um, met him quite a few times over the past uh, few weeks, actually. So it's... I, ne- I never get over that. It's it's so cool. Just like you see these guys on the street, and it's like, oh my gosh, that's Jim Tomey. He yeah, like, to me, and they're very down to earth. And it's like, like, all of a sudden, oh you're a grade gosh. nine girl and giddy and everything. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Out. I get I get I get giddy every time, and you like now it's like every time you know we happen to be in the same place, it's like you see them. It's like that warm spot. Like, hey, how you doing? Like, 
it's just like, come on, man. I'm trying to get over this, but it's so cool. Yeah, it is fun. It's uh, so cool. Where do you see your White Sox finishing finishing this year? Like, they got Ben Attendee, Elvis Andrews, and they got a, they got some players. They got some players that were disappointing year last year. I, I thought they're they were going to be a runaway winner in the American League Central last year, uh, and I didn't think Cleveland the Guardians. I keep wanting to say the other one, but uh, it's just <laughs> it, it's well, it's been how many years, right? Like the yeah, exactly. I, I thought Chicago had a. They, they should have been a playoff team last year. Disappointing, finishing 81 and 81. And I didn't think that Cleveland was that good. Terry Franklin was a great manager, but that, that shouldn't matter. Cleveland, uh, like Chicago should be a playoff team this year, no? Yeah, absolutely. They should. Honestly, I see them. I mean, I see them up there with, you know, the Guardians and all that stuff. Um, I, I don't see, I don't see the AL Central being particularly strong this year. Again, just kind of how it's been the last couple of years, but um I, I think the Guardians are going to run run away with it again. This is being realistic. The Guardians are going to run away with it again. They've got a really good bullpen. They've got a good starting rotation. Um, their lineup is absolutely incredible. White Sox, I feel like, can hang in there and maybe steal a wild card spot. You know, we I, I'd say big thing is like, and going back to managing games, like I think we played, we just kind of outmanaged ourselves uh, out of a few games last year. But um, I, I'm excited. I mean, hopefully, hopefully we can uh, sneak in a wild card spot. Get a wild card spot, then you, you never know, and it might get uh, in into contention for a. Uh, well, look what the Phillies did last year, right? I mean, Phillies have a great they have, they have a great first two pitchers, right? Like they're, they're they're top of the, the rotation is pretty strong. Uh, yeah, the, the the White Sox, it's it's. Uh, I commend you guys. Like I mean, winning's hard, and, and I get it. And it's to to go out year after year, and and you, you start the season, spring training starts today, and then you uh, the the first game is like on March 30th this year, and and the grind of it all, and when watching on. 162 and following it uh how many games a year do you physically watch i know you're busy on the field with uh with like last year you were up here in swift current like how many games a year do you get to actually watch not too many um hopefully i'm trying to you know hopefully i get to watch more it's just a matter of you know does it fit the schedule does it um hopefully hopefully the times don't uh interfere with the uh interfere with my personal schedule but also i think Part of the issue is also kind of like, you know, these league-wide blackouts with certain markets. So it's kind of hard to, you know, watch games like fully through unless like you're in that market. I don't get it. I don't get it either. And, you know, speaking on that side, it's just kind of like it's starting to rear its ugly head now with all these, you know, companies starting to file for bankruptcy and all that stuff. Valley Sports. Yep. It's going to shake some things up. So um hopefully we get that figured out well that, soon enough like if, if you like uh, the guy who i do our, our normal show with dave there he uh he doesn't have cable he goes by on apps and, and the rest like he's got this and that and it's one of those things so his son who is i think 12 years old can't watch blue jays games here in canada because if you don't have um if you don't subscribe to cable you don't get rogers and sportsnet and so therefore you can't watch like i can't watch on, on the mlb app a jays game so he so you have a bunch of canadian kids right across the country so 30 million people there's a good chance that you have a lot that will never get to watch a baseball game of, of the team that they grew up watching if they don't have cable and it like how baseball doesn't see this that, that they're like baseball finds a way to make sure that people don't watch games 
And I don't get it. I do. I do not understand it. I don't get it either because the whole state of Iowa is blacked out of six whole markets in the Midwest. Like they're blacked out of the White Sox. They can't watch the Twins. They can't watch the Cubs. They can't watch the Royals. They can't watch the Cardinals. And they can't watch. They can't watch the Brewers. So that's six pretty decent markets. They can't watch and they can't, you know, join. They can't join a fan base. So then they're uh, just out. Because, right. They're out unless it's, you know, Field of Dreams time. Then, uh, oh, hey, we got a couple ga- We got a couple of uh, regional teams playing. And guess what? You know, this game's going to be broadcast over Iowa. Okay, great. But what about the rest of the 161 games we get to watch? Yeah, it doesn't make sense why they do that. Like, I, I know they want you to subscribe and pay and everything else, but but if if, if no one's watching, then no one's watching. Because if if they're allowed to watch, maybe they would subscribe. Like, it's just one of those yeah. things. Like, it's like I'm a baseball dork, so I'll I'll watch whatever. And I'm lucky enough to be able to get the. We only have the one team that would get blacked out here, so I get to watch everything else. But how baseball does that? It's 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 odd to me. Uh ready to go to extra innings? Let's go. Deep dish. Or thin crust? Ooh, thin crust. And the reason why I say that is deep dish is the type of uh, pizza you you take out for a first date or for an anniversary or for a celebration. You usually, usually like it's a pretty good occasional thing. That thing fills you up ridiculously fast. It probably takes, it takes me like two slices of that thing. Even a small one will fill you up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I wasn't. Uh, it was all right. I just did it because you're supposed to when you're in Chicago. But yeah, I just, <laughs> but yeah, definitely the thin crust, um, especially the tavern style. It's, if it comes in, if it comes in a uh, box with the map of Italy on it, it's going to be good pizza. There you go. That's kind of that's kind of that's kind of shorthand of it. Uh, day games or night games? Night games. Uh, how old is too old to bring your baseball glove to a game to catch either a foul ball or a home run? Never. Uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh. Technically, yes. I put it in its own. I put it in its own category. It's in the same category as bratwurst. I, I I've had five. I've done five of these in the last two days. It, it's funny how the, the the split is. We'll get them out there. We're gonna piece them all together. It's quite <laughs> funny. Uh, last one. Should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Because if if we're going if we're going to retroactively ban PED users in the Hall of Fame nowadays, Barry Bonds, A Rod, all that. You know, we still have PED users in the Hall of Fame currently. Why? In an age of sports betting, are we still blacklisting sports bettors? Especially people, especially people like Joe Shoeless Joe Jackson, who yes, he took a bribe. He did take a, you know, he did take a little extra money in the nineteen seventeen World Series. He probably he, he probably did not took less money than what my what my empties when I take him in for recycling. He, what what he got for that? Yeah, he, crazy. He made more, but like thing is, he made more money taking those that money than he did his actual salary from Charles Comiskey. That's why the White Sox players took him. They made more. They made more from those bets or from the from essentially those bribes than Charles Comiskey ever really paid them. Like you hear about those. <laughs> so old- 
So, yeah. so this cheap owner thing runs deep with the White Sox. You hear about those own, like those owners back in the day, how they just whether you're lucky to play, which which players are, and, and I get it, and it's just like they weren't making anything. Like they like like I, I know more about the hockey guys back in the in the in the fifties and the sixties, how they the they were making no money. They they all had, they had jobs in the off season and everything else. It's trying to make ends meet. Like Gordy Howe had a second job, and he's one of the greatest to ever play. Right, so it's it's odd how how these owners uh, for years and years and years do whatever they want. But at the end of the day, the players are just employees of, of, of the of the team, right? So it is. It's one of those things. Yeah, it's it's odd. Yeah. How do you? Okay. Uh, how's your uh, ball team shaping up, and how things how things been going? When's your first game? What's going on? What's happening? So our first game is on Tuesday. Um, we were originally supposed to start on Friday, but we managed to pick up a um, a region or um, opponent in our region. So we're excited uh, to face them. Quality competition. Um, boys are looking good. Um, really excited for uh, you know. Boys have really been getting after it ever since you know since we last talked. Um, seen a lot of guys start to exceed. You know what they use. You know we we've seen guys like set new personal records. We've seen guys you know starting to do things that even a month ago they were struggling with. So we're we're I'm personally very excited to see uh, what our boys can do. No, it's it's great. And when when guys see that they're 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 getting better, they want to get better, and they they work a little harder when things start going. It's when guys don't see any advancement, they're working hard, and they're just like, "Why am I doing this?" And, but when they, they see some advancement in their in themselves and in their bodies and everything else, it's a because that, that's a that's a tough age, man. That's a real tough age when you know, you're you're you know, different growths and everything else, and between the years isn't always the the, the best space either. Oh, it absolutely is. But especially, you know, especially for the guys who came back, uh, who who wanted to come back, it wasn't just who just you know decided to come back. It was who wanted to come back. You know, the guys that those are the guys that have seen the most improvement. You know, since their first year, they wanted to come back again. It's basically two years. You get to play for two years, and then you get to go into a four year school. Yeah. You know, with essentially a proven track record. So, you know, it, it's awesome to see. You know, these guys, you know, looking, looking, even I look back on some of their old stats and that stuff. I'm like, oh, this guy's going to have a breakout year this year. He's going to, he's going to get, he's going to make some noise. We uh, let's get off the baseball thing. We've been I've been talking baseball since nine this morning, kind of deal with it, it's, uh, which I enjoy doing. But uh, Patty Kane had a night of the eight for the age last last week. Had a great game against the Leafs uh, in, uh, in Chicago last Sunday with the hat trick, and then he scored a goal didn't count because it was right at the buzzer uh but he got he's been great great he's been putting on a show in the last week i said it on i think 1420 in the morning earlier this week i, th I think he should stay in chicago for the remainder of this season and get the, the, the send-off he deserves because he you know he's been three-time stanley cup champion and the whole bit uh just to get the send off he deserves in a Hawks uniform because now they're, they're on the road in San Jose. Like you, you were saying when we were up before we uh, came on, on the air, uh, if he got traded tonight or tomorrow, I think it would be pretty shitty of the organization to not be able to give him the, the, the send off off the ice. Jeter asked like he, like what, how Jeter when he, when he, when he retired, I, I think it'd be kind of shitty if the Hawks uh, made, made that deal with the Hawks on the, with the Hawks on the road. What's your take? Yeah. You know, it's really unfortunate, you know, really the timing of everything because you're doing it on a road trip. So there's really no easy way to go about it. 
but also it's just kind of a thing I've noticed in the, le- in the last few weeks. Like we've been drawing, you know, since we last talked, like attendance has essentially boomed because might be the last realizing one. this might be the last, you know, few games that Patrick Kane gets to play in a Blackhawks sweater, at least for the season. But because um, I know for a fact he still at least has a few more good hockey years in him. No doubt he does. Yeah. Um, whether or not, whether he's with the Hawks or not, you know, that remains the question. However, um, you know, I understand. I'm sure a lot of, like, you know, fans understand it's a business. And we're just kind of embracing for the impact. Yeah. We're, we're embracing. It's, I, I think, I, it's just odd to see a guy, like, the, like when he was, uh, I, I, I laughed a lot about that when he did score that goal that didn't count the other night. And uh, it was almost like he, it was his, like, he, he knew he was leaving. And just like, it was, this is my last moment as a Hawk at, at home. And it was, this is kind of one of these things. Because I, like, now, now that we know what's going on with with, with Pat, with the Jonathan Taze and his long COVID and the whole thing and everything else, that uh, there, there's a probably a good chance he'll never play again either. And it's uh, just because it, when it's over, it's over, right? And like, what's, I've got enough money to, to last me forever. Why am I coming back? What am I doing? With, 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 with Taze. With Kane, I think he's going to end up in Buffalo back home. That's my own personal opinion on that. But as a free agent, because they got a really good hockey team there, or or the makings of, of a good one, uh, it, it's just it's sad to see that these these guys uh, they can't go out on their own terms, you know. And sometimes you stick around too long, and you then you just can't go on your own terms. Yeah, absolutely. And you know that, that's kind of been happening. It was even just with you know the whole long COVID thing too. With Taze, like it's been kind of in the making the last few years, like yeah. even after our Stanley cup run, it's like, he's been, he, you know, it, it's just the injuries that are piling up. I mean, hockey, like football, you know, it's a very rough game and you play those extra games, you know, deep into, you know, May, June, it really takes a toll on plus you. Olympics, it, it, plus this, plus that and everything else. Right. Like it's, it's tough. Exactly. And it's just like one of those things where it's like you look you look back on the career of these guys like Hall of Famers, absolutely. My own personal opinion, obviously. Oh, they're both the, Hall of uh, Famers. First ballot, yeah. Like done. Oh, absolutely. Later. Yeah. But um yeah, I don't I don't think I could ever I don't I don't really ever see anyone else wearing that uh C cro- draped across his uh sweater kind of quite like uh Jonathan Pays. I've seen I've seen quite a few of those guys, but nobody had the staying power. Nobody had the longevity like Johnson Jonathan Taze did, and it, it, it's it's a it, it's a it's a melancholy feeling, basically. <laughs> like it, it would have been nice to see those two uh, ride off in the sunset together and and, uh, and wave the crowd in 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 Blackhawks jerseys and say "see you later, thanks for the memories" and have whatever song playing in the background. And and it, it would have been nice to see that because everybody like uh, to a man when the, the Hawks won in 2010, to a man, people across the hockey world were pretty happy to see that because it was because the, the the lean years that the, the Blackhawks had and the Hawks have been around forever and ever and and just well. I mean, six team obviously right and it's just it's uh it's crazy that it's it's too bad to see that these guys uh hawks careers coming to an end because they're uh they I mean yeah you had a little situation last year not i shouldn't say little i shouldn't make make light of it but um yeah it's just it's, it's too bad to see it's to see it that way to see it end up this way yeah absolutely but you know and to watch you know kane go out 
the way he did on the homestand, the way, you know, even, even if he did have that buzzer beater, you know, pulled back, that would have been awesome. Yeah. So that would have been a great way to send him off. But his performance against, you know, Toronto was just, it was the icing on the cake. It was almost like the closure that, you know, kind of Blackhawks fans were looking for, you know, amid all the rumors and all that stuff, Kaner still got it. Yeah, no, it was great. Adam, this is a lot of fun. My last one of the day. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun to get to get this going and uh, talk again. We'll have to talk, chat uh, halfway through your uh, halfway through the summer and see how the, the, uh, the White Sox are doing. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I'm excited for the season, aside from the rule change, but I'm excited to see what this season is going to bring for everybody. <laughs> yeah, this, this, Machado got called out, called out yesterday, and then there was a game-ending walk because of a pitching count violation today, and there was all kind. The players, they'll eventually... It was a strikeout. It was a strikeout, sorry. It was a strikeout. How did you're out? Like, well, I didn't do it. I don't know what I did. So it's going to be interesting to see how, if the players adjust throughout the... Uh, the spring training to go into regular season because all athletes are creatures of habit. You throw you throw a new wrinkle into things, it's going to put a put a fuck into a person's brain. There's no getting around that. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, my if we're going to fix the rule, like right here, right now, remove the term "attention to the pitcher" or you know something like that because that word, you know, that phrase alone is left, is leaving it up for so much interpretation, so much gray area, like, what does that mean? Like, just say, you know, 10 seconds to go, you're back in the box. That's it. Yeah, it's 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 a wreck. Keep it simple. I spoke with Jake last week, and he's, he was basically the same thing. It was, yeah, it's going to be nuts to see how these these players uh, adjust to it, or if they even will. I guess they don't have a choice, but that's what it's going to go. Okay, Adam, thanks very much. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again in midsummer. Yeah, take care.